record without um what should we call it dave i can't see you so if you want to set speak here put your hand up yeah no it's, it's just the wi-fi is not been great the last couple on, of days so they don't want to risk skype. on so. skype not on um i don't want you to just sat there camera off but no know. don't worry i'll press a raise hand button <laughs> I'll just <raise> my hand. <laughs> i can see him doing it as i left to the pod going i wasn't allowed to speak <laughs> It doesn't say a thing for the entire part. It doesn't say a thing for the entire part. Oh, alright then. Here we, here we go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In and Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is the Mosley Marauder himself, Mr. David Carmichael Harris. Carmichael Harris. Hello there, Will. Oh, that's a, a great new middle name. What is, your, what is your middle name? Is it it's Michael? actually Michael. I thought it was Michael. <laughs> That is Michael, but I, I put a car in front of it because you're so good at driving them. And um, above him on the screen, at least, is Michael Breslin, the number one Joel Linton fan in Hello. the world. Mike, let's get it out of the way. He's he's changed. The new Frank Lampard. I was wrong about the new Firmino. The new Frank Lampard. What a player. You're going to have to revisit that, otherwise I will be cancelling the podcast right here. But yeah, what a reinvention into a, a roving box to box number eight. Eddie Howe's Barmy Army. What a unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely can't believe it. No. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's happened, I really don't. Oh anyway. I'm, I'm here for it. New Year, new hip, I guess. He didn't even wait for the new year. He did it no. before the end of the last wait. Year. Look, when you're ready to transform like a a beautiful um caterpillar into a butterfly what am i fucking talking about anyway let's I'll just wait till the new year let's go um new year so we thought we'd start off with the the old classic the mid-season reviews for all 20 premier league teams yeah this is where we get to go through we get to go through our one to 20 we did beforehand and review our own predictions which are almost always wrong but then sort of chat a bit about each individual team which if you're new to these this usually means that every team bar brighton gets the same amount of time roughly about a couple of minutes but brighton get about 35 um so yeah we're gonna go alphabetical order so um if you're here to hear about wolves unlucky although if you're interested in wolves at all unlucky um that is true. Yeah, I can say you're fucking dull. Dull. Before we get that underway, did you two have a lovely Christmas? Yeah, good Christmas, yeah. good New Year. Hopefully all the listeners, it was the same for all the listeners and for you, Pear. Yeah. yeah, good, thanks, yeah. yeah. Do you watch a lot of football? Do you watch no uh, football? Watch a lot of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I particularly enjoyed Boxing Day where there was about two games on. Yeah, I was at one of those games, which is lovely. <laughs> you actually managed to find one that was on. I did, I did, yeah, yeah. And I saw the return of Romelu Lukaku and was celebrating it. And um, <laughs> how wrong was I? How wrong was I? Oh dear, oh, honestly, yeah. It's the, hey, what, uh, what do you make? Uh, should we save it? Yeah, let's save it. Yeah, yeah, let's save it. Um, so bit different this year the way this is going to work is that these two are going to give you their grades and then if we need a tiebreaker i will give a grade there we go keep it fair okay. um 
So let's kick this off. And this is basically, ladies and gentlemen, to avoid certain clubs from within the 1-20 to 20 from getting unnecessarily slandered because these two have, I think, given Spurs a far nicer grade than uh, I would ever feel comfortable giving them. So there we are. There we are. Um, should we start with um, Arsenal, the Arsenal? Mm. Indeed. Well, I might be breaking the, the pod rules here and being quite positive towards them, to be honest. Um, we predicted them to finish sixth um, at the start of the season. They, they're currently fourth, uh, playing some pretty good football, it has to be said. And they s- finally seem to have found a formula with their squad. Um Notably without Aubameyang, uh, who, you know, two seasons ago even was still their, their talisman, really. Um, yeah, credit to Arteta on his coaching. Some nice players coming through, like Smith-Rowe, Saka. Uh, Odegaard's been a good signing. Lacazette, I've thought, has always worked hard and, and whatever, but he fits perfectly with the rest of the players around him. Martinelli's come back finally from injury and, and looks really, really good. Um Seem to sort their defence probably the best that it's been for a good few years. So yeah, I'm I'm going to give them a B, um, just because they're slightly above where we are, where we predicted them rather. Um, I don't think they're doing quite well enough for me to give them an A, but I think they're definitely doing well. Yeah, agreed. I've also got a B uh, for Arsenal. I think yeah, a lot of the young players coming through look good. As Dave says, they look a little bit strong at the back, um, and they're essentially what they're doing is beating teams that they that they should beat and losing to the really top teams, your, your Cities, Liverpools, and, and Chelsea's in the league. Um, so they're going to have to get better in those bigger games. But yeah, so far, pretty pretty good season for Arsenal, I would say, um, and the fourth place in the table reflects that so far. So yeah, be from me as well. On that on that point, um, so. Obviously, they had a torrid start to the season in those first couple of games where they lost to Chelsea and City, who you'd expect them to lose to, and then they went on a bit of a run. Um, you're not tempted to give them a bit higher because we had them sixth, they're fourth, and I think they look... They're a, it's not fourth because, based on who they've played, they're a fourth because they look good. And we say they need to get better in bigger games. They gave City a real game. I mean, they put City under the kind of sustained pressure that you rarely see City get put under. So we're not tempted to boost it. What would? Why not an A? Uh, the reason I'd say not not an A is yes, I know they played really well against Man City, uh, but if you look at Arsenal's fixture list, uh, they are about to in the coming couple of months they are pretty much going to play all the other big teams in the league. Um, I think that's stage. No, but oh. <laughs> in the next few games, particularly though. Let me fine. Let me let me get it up. I know obviously they'll play everyone again, but they have had a run where next next up is is Liverpool in the uh, in the FL Cup. Then top. without without Salah and Mane. Yeah, true. Actually, they they've got an okay. No, fair enough. They've got a. Don't know where. Maybe I should look at my own stuff instead of seeing what people put on Twitter. <laughs> Just saw people claiming that they had like um, a really tough run, and to be honest, they don't. Uh, so yeah, 
brilliant started 2022 on this pod like i've been doing 2020 and 2021 and if we published any of 2019 so brilliant i might as well just log off now (laughs) (laughs) good start Uh, i guess the the point for me is that spurs are only two points behind arsenal they've got two games in hand so they Mm -hmm. they may well not be fourth by the time there's a problem yeah better a bird in hand than a bird in the bush yeah, the other thing I was going to say, which is what it turns out should have been the only thing I commented, uh, was that, yeah, they're not, like, massively cemented in fourth place. And like Mike says, Tottenham have games games in hand on them. Uh, even Man United aren't actually out of reach, uh, really, to be honest. And same with West Ham. So, yeah, it's not exactly cemented, but they're definitely doing well. Yeah, I'm happy to be there. Okay. I think I think they've done well, which is yeah. which is very rare for us to say on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at that. I push for more positive Arsenal <laughs> talk. Um, uh, next up is um, Aston Villa, who we had preseason in eighth. Um, but I think there was quite a lot of caveats we had about Aston Villa being in eighth because we were we were concerned about the loss of Grealish. They're currently thirteenth. Um, created a bit with Smith. A bit. Improved a bit under Gerard. Dave, you're more po- you're more positive than Mike. So, what have you gone for? So, my thing is with Villa is that obviously they they lost Grealish, they're the best player. I know we predict them to be eighth, and they are thirteenth, which is five places below. But actually, they're only two. They're two wins behind Wolves, who are currently in eighth. They look like with Gerard that they've started to. Maybe it is a new manager bounce a little bit. It's too easy, too early to say. But if they do carry on playing how they are under Gerard, I would expect them to pick up more points. And being six points away from where we predicted them, uh, when there's still a half of the season left, isn't isn't really awful. So they could easily finish around like eight to ten. Um, maybe well, I don't think they would, but I think eighth to tenth is definitely within reach. Um, and I think they've started to play better. Players like Buendia seem to be coming through a bit under, under Gerrard, even though it seemed under Smith they couldn't really work him into the team. He's abandoned Watkins and Ings playing together uh, up top, which obviously was never going to work, but it was ultimately something that was costing them points because they're losing a man in midfield. Uh, yeah, so I think... I think the reason that I'm maybe not as harsh as Mike is, yeah, on paper, five point five places below looks bad, uh, but actually they're not that far off it. And I think, obviously, recency bias, but they are looking like they're, they're maybe a team that can get into the top half. So I think that's why I gave them a C. Fair enough. Mike, um, I'm going to have to break the deadlock on this one, but do you want to give the reason as to why you've gone for what you've gone for? Yeah, I've I've gone for a D, and to be fair, <clears throat> if uh, before Gerard came in, it probably would have been worse. They've obviously picked up a couple of wins um, since he's come in, but they lost the last couple. Uh, I guess those are both with Gerard not in the dugout, so it does it does seem like he makes a bit of a difference in there. I think uh, I found found Villa a really hard one to work out this season, to be honest. Um, it's because they've at, been two teams, basically. They, they, yeah, they they do appear to have been two teams. Um, and I think second half of the season, they are likely to be a lot better. But the body of work we've seen so far was mostly under Dean Smith. 
and has them on 22 points from 19. It's not a, not a great return. Um, and while I'd expect they probably have, will have a better second half than that, where they are right now is 13th with not that many points. So I guess I've got to yeah. go for a D, which is below our expectation for them. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we'll give them a D. Uh, I agree with you, Mike. It's, it's a temptation when we do a podcast like this to really go recency bias, and I think that would affect a few of the teams in here that perhaps had um, stronger starts to the season and then tailed off as well. I think I think in terms of City actually, because City have been blistering for the last couple of months, but they started a bit slower. Um, you got to bear that in mind. But it's the same with Villa. Like under Smith, they were poor. The transfer business, it, it was a, it, there were a lot of good names, and then you sort of look at it, and you're like, I'm not sure how this is going to fit together, and it it didn't fit together. Um, the one thing I would say is probably if we we're doing this when we're doing this at the end of the season and we're looking back, I think we will be looking back on a team that's played really well. I mean, they um, I think they gave Liverpool a really good game. They gave City a really good game under Gerrard. I know because I saw them play on Boxing Day against Chelsea. They were really good for the first half. I mean, they didn't create any chances really. But they were actually good. They did some really smart tactical things with like pushing midfielders out wide to counter wing backs that sort of gave you hope that Gerard knows what he's doing. And if you're a if you're a Villa fan, you're probably going to have a much nicer second half of the season. I still think the key thing for them is to figure out how to get their best players in the best positions. And I, 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 the whole Watkins English thing is bizarre to me, and will be bizarre I think for the rest of the season. And Tyrone Mings. Is a disaster still, so a D. Yeah, actually, actually, while we're on that subject, Mike, um, watching from watching Tyro Mings in person, uh, I hate it because he's, he basically he was up against Christian Pulisic playing a terrible false nine role in the first half. <laughs> and he was walking around, walking around with a swagger, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to bat you, I'm going to bat you, I'm going to bat you." And then Lukaku came on in the second half, and he looked terrified. And there's nothing more I hate than the central defender that's terrified of a striker. You Even cannot have that, can you? <clears throat> he just How did Pulisic he... play that game poorly and then get the same gig against? Uh... He got dropped actually. Played right in between. Oh, yeah, of course. And then he came back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was equally terrible against Liverpool until he scored. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway um, so that's Villa on a D. Brentford, um, we've got next. I think we had them 18th, um, currently 12th. So big overperformance on our own rankings. And possibly one of the better stories of the season, I'd say. Dave, everyone's got the same here, but given that you watched a lot of Brentford in the Championship, mm-hmm. you want to talk to us a bit about how they've adapted to the league? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the impressive thing for Brentford is obviously, like, we had them in 18th. We even, to be honest, put them as 18th because we were hoping their style of football would make them a bit entertaining, more than competitive, so maybe they'd pick up more points in 19th and 20th. I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think that's why... I personally thought they'd be down there, but maybe not right at the bottom. Um, they managed to keep playing the way that they have uh, in the Premier League. Basically, they played in the Championship. The way they pressed, the way they looked to take the game to teams while still managing to be defensively solid. And I think also with Brentford, you've got to remember, they've not really made any you know, big money signings. or There's been a few signings, but there's not been any... You know, it's not like when I was going to say Bournemouth, but that would fire up the Eddie Howe propaganda. <laughs> it's not, they've not really signed any players to big fees. So it's basically the same squad 
and they've not only been good against the teams you'd expect them to be uh, or to be at least competitive against, they've generally been hard for everyone to play in the league. And I don't think there's any more credit than that for a new team, uh, a newly promoted team. Same with Leeds last year, same with Sheffield United the season before. If you can come up from the level below and be hard for even the big six to play against, fair play to you. You can't ask any more than that. And they're solidly 12th in the league and look nowhere near being in a relegation scrap. So, great job from them. Talking about the big six playing them, I mean, they got a point. They got a point off Liverpool. Um, Chelsea and City beat them, but I tell you what, it was not fun when we played them and I don't think it was fun for City either City only beaten by 1-0 by one yeah and they're slapping everyone um, Mike what do you make of them? I'd, I'd agree with what Dave said they've, they're kind of similar to Leeds when they came out they've been a bit of a breath of fresh air again um, actually brought their their style and it's made an impact to be fair on the league beat obviously Arsenal opening day when the fans were back that was pretty amazing scenes and yeah they've kind of just continued plodding along Um They've conceded less goals than Man United this season, so there you go. That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that mad. Any other season, it might be mad, but yeah. No, no, I think they've been really good. Uh, I like Thomas Frank. I like the way they, they go about their business. Um, and yeah, they, it kind of seemed when they came up like it was going to be the one-man Ivan Tony band, and it really yeah. hasn't been. They've been yeah. getting goals um, from all over, to be fair. I wanted to mention that because I remember when we did this pod pre-season, me and you like, talked a lot about the reason we had them above 19th and 20th is we felt that Ivan Tony's style would transfer to the Premier League. And, I mean, by no means has he played bad. I mean, let's be honest, he's he's participated in about a quarter of their goals in the league or whatever it is. He's, I think he's got like, four goals to assist. I mean, but he's sort of set the tone in the way that you could front man does so even if he hasn't scored he's still been a big part of what they've done but you are right it makes them look even more impressive as a unit yeah i think that's that's the main thing that i've been most impressed by that yeah it's not just him who's scoring you've got Mbuemo who uh who was decent decent in the championship god i love him he's just a mad footballer isn't he (laughs) you never know what he's gonna do you really have no idea he's like the least clinical player i think of all time like he just smashes the post constantly but i love him he's so good he's rapid as well yeah oh yeah we like we we do like brentford um and yeah so i'm happy to go along with the a that that dave uh that dave went for there very good. Keep it up. Hopefully they can keep it up second half of the season. To say what I like about them, actually, um, is, yeah, I think they've got the hallmarks of that. They're free bit of a free-flowing style, but they're not afraid to mix it up, which is what, particularly when we get to Norwich and stuff in the past, and we've talked about Norwich being wedded to this brand that, and, not re- and leads to, to some aspect. I quite like the way that Thomas Frank will mix it up up there in Brentford and say, you know what, occasionally just... Let's have 25 minutes of carnage put it in the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-pet football. (laughs) But there we go. I quite like it sometimes. Why not? It's it's nice when football matches get a bit... Just that they veer into absolute carnage. That's what I like. Yeah, like like the Chelsea-Liverpool game was. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's taken years off my life, though, that did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
it's that time, uh, Brighton, who we had um, 12th in pre-season and are actually ninth. So for the first time ever, I can't believe it. We have undersold Brighton. <laughs> Michael, they've outperformed the X in and around pod. <laughs> talk, talk to me about uh, Graham Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because he's using some sources. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for some reason, the fans don't seem to like it, but uh, I don't understand it. But they're ninth for twenty-seven points. Uh, they are not scoring a lot of goals, which is a, is something we should point out. They've only scored twenty, but that's that's been a hallmark of Brighton under Graham Potter. In fairness, um, they have only conceded twenty goals as well, so they're they're doing a good job at the back. They're giving pretty much everyone a very good game. They're beating some of the bigger sides. Obviously, got that point against a bit of a depleted Chelsea the, uh, last week. And yeah, I'm glad you brought it up, because I have something to say about this, right? Okay, yeah. Brighton battered Chelsea. They battered Chelsea like no team other than City battered Chelsea. Like, Brighton, Brighton do this often, as we've Brighton kept on telling you. <laughs> absolutely killed them. However... The referee denied us two pens. The referee denied us two pens, which would have put us out of the way. And that's it. That's all I'm talking about. But Brighton, we're really good. Yeah, we like Brighton. Uh, Referees for the season, by the way, get a U. I was going to say, are we going to give VAR a grade? And the referees a grade. But there's no real need because they have have failed. They've hardly even turned up for their exam. Anthony Taylor, U. (laughs) U. Always a U. Sorry. I I jumped in. That's all right. but yeah, Brian, good team. They've obviously suffered a couple of injuries and stuff through the year, but they've mainly dealt with it pretty well. We like their style. We like their manager. Um, yeah, I think it should, it should, in theory, be another another good second half of the season for them. They've got West Brom in the cup at the weekend, so that should be um, should be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. up the bloody Brian. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's odd, isn't it? They are they're really they're really really good, and I think quite impressive the way that the defensive kind of thing seems to have carried on despite losing Ben White, who was obviously mm. a major player for them. Dave, you're m- more of a Brighton skeptic, so do you want to give us your take? I think you're you're agreeing with us, but if you got no, any- I I actually think he's doing a great job. I mean, the only thing is that I wish they were scoring more goals because. They're ninth in the league, and uh, you know last season, where were they? Probably around sixteenth, seventeenth this time of last season, uh, playing the same way. It still feels like this Brighton team aren't getting the rewards that they deserve, or even playing to their top. Uh, and this season, they're ninth in the league. So, and to be honest, if you look at the Brighton squad, it's not, it's not like massively special. So I think Potter. The way he's coached his team, really, yeah, fair play to him. Um, think the only reason that I've given a B is just because they have been going for a little bit of a, a rough patch at the moment. Um, but overall, they've been they've been great. So give them a B. The only reason not an A is just because it looks like they they were like fourth at one point, weren't they? So they have obviously we wouldn't expect them to stay there, but they have sort of started to play worse uh, and they're starting to bring that back a little bit as in playing better. Uh, so I think, to be honest, again, recency bias has maybe pushed me to a B rather than an A. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the fact Brighton fans booed him, I mean, 
we know how much I've been against Potter at times. I'd, God, if I was a Brighton fan, I'd be, be, be clapping them every game, giving them standing ovation. To be honest, and these guys are booing them. Unbelievable. I, I don't know if they know what they have down there. <laughs> Really Dave, Dave, Dave's so against uh, Graham Potter that he's just got a tattoo of Graham Potter in his arm with the words, words "filthy mudblood" underneath. Um, but you do raise a good point. It isn't just recency bias. There is a question about whether or not this is sustainable because most of their points were picked up at a time when Mope was having a real hot streak. And if yep. he gets to the second half of the season and they really can't put the ball in the back of the net, because I, I do think Danny Welbeck's a good player, but if you're relying on Danny Welbeck and Neil Mopai to get you goal after goal in the Premier League, I think you're going to struggle. Um, yeah. But I mean... You are going to struggle. The, you're going to buy Ollie Watkins <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would be a really good... Really that, so that'd be a good buy. You wouldn't be able to get it, but that'd be a good buy. Um, I mean, raises the point, there's not a lot of great strikers out there. It's In world football, it's a weak time, I think, for strikers. Been perfectly honest um particularly if they enjoy doing um interviews in their own home um burnley <laughs> dave is your prediction ever good is your prediction gonna come true are burnley gonna get relegated this well season? we we have them predicted 14th didn't we and they're currently yeah, but, but in, points. In, in, in and around law of course you said three you said two seasons ago that burnley well two complete seasons ago that burnley get relegated within three seasons you could be right. Nostradamus for once, but anyway, <laughs> Not just comments about fixture lists without looking at the fixture list. Um, <laughs> You'll never be called that again, by the way. No, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my thing is with Burnley is that... That's one. The thing is with Burnley is they're only two points behind Watford with a game in hand, but usually, wherever Burnley have been at any point of a season, I think... It's fine, they've got Sean Dyche, they'll pull themselves out of this. I'm just not sure they are going to pull themselves out of it this time, and I think that's why I've given them an E. Like, even if if there's been seasons before where they've been 18, I would back them to make up any gap with their game in hand or whatever. They just have looked poor, and I know Bernie have never played a great style of football, but, I mean, even for them, they're usually solid... I mean, they're, they're not fun to watch, but they're at least solid and they will be able to shock teams in the way that they'll take a chance and shut up shop. They've, they've been getting... They've lost the teams around them at the bottom, which is obviously the biggest concern. Um, I mean, those are the games you have to win in these sort of scraps and they're just not doing it. I mean, I know Leeds had a couple of players back, but it's nowhere near full strength. They lost 3-1, didn't they? Uh I'm worried for them. It's basically, for me at this point, we'll come on to the other team, but Watford and Burnley, it's basically whoever's shitter than the other are going down unless Newcastle pull off a miracle, to be honest. Uh, I will say that I, I agree. I think this. I think Burnley, Burnley, are, Burnley in the past couple of years has been pretty good at just having those real hot run of form that gets them a bit higher. Like, I mean, the problem is for them, where's the goals coming from? Because... They had Vidra score a load of goals last year for them, and it's not really working. I mean, they had Barnes for all those years, who's good. I mean, their best player, Dwight McNeil, and I don't want to cast aspersions on a player, but whenever I've seen him, he doesn't look arsed. And I think what's gone under the radar a bit is Burnley's from set pieces. What you would consider their major strength, they, they're struggling from this season. I mean, their delivery, their delivery whenever I've seen the games has just been atrocious. Um, so, yeah, so I'm with you, Dave. I, th- I think they're... A, 
a little worse than normal. But Mike, put some perspective into all this for me. I, I gave them a C, um, just because I still think they're, I mean, they're 18th. They might be above Watford um, with their game in hand. Who knows? But um, it's still a bit of an overperformance for Burnley to even be in the Prem, as we say. We say this every year on this podcast. So, yeah, I, th- I back Sean Dyche to get him out of it. The body of work so far has been poor, so maybe I should um, relegate them a little bit more as far as that goes, because 11 points from 17 is a pretty appalling return, isn't it? Um, I'd be happy to go lower, actually, now. Uh, but just on the where their hot run of form might come, their next four Premier League games, they face Leicester, Arsenal, Man U and Liverpool. Um, and then in That's the 12, last... 12 yeah, points. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've at least got three in there against United and probably three against Leicester. Um, and then last seven games are where it's really... is where they need to hit form because they will play Norwich, um, Watford and... Newcastle in three in uh, in the last seven league games. So yeah, Dyche and his boys have to be up for those seven. If they're still in touch by then, they've got a chance because uh, they'll play the teams around them. It's so, worrying because Newcastle have Mbappe and Haaland by then, according to their fans. Well, um, they might have trippier. They might have trippier. <laughs> I don't think they will actually. Um, yeah, it is worth always looking at that perspective that they do they do well to be in the league, although perhaps that's got a bit halved a bit as the year go by yeah maybe now that's less of a uh, right so dave went for an e you went for a c right in the middle let's give him a d yeah i'm fine with that okay cool. uh, right <laughs> oh god right it's but dave me, me and you can relax no no i'm not doing it you two can do it oh. everyone, everyone hears my opinions on these lot all the time just come to me when you want to talk about Lukaku the one thing I will point out is we predicted them second and they are actually second it's Chelsea take it away fellas I'm going um, if you do you want to go first Mike or no you crack on uh I'm I know they're so we've set them second they are currently second uh to be honest I'm at, this is the only grade I'm like on the fence with and I was hoping Will would side with with one of these. Uh, I think that either a B or a C. I, I side with Mike for what it's worth. Okay, I just think that they're doing well. They played some good stuff. Um, the only concern is obviously the gap with City recently has got quite quite large. Um, the Lukaku thing is frustrating, but that isn't really Chelsea's fault. Like has Lukaku been an absolute donkey? I don't know what he's doing there. Um, the, but Chelsea as a team have played really well. Being, you know, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, those three have been way clearer than everyone else in the league this season. Chelsea, uh, I mean, ten points is a, is a pretty big gap, but it's it doesn't mean necessarily out of reach to uh, be honest. Sorry to dive in. Are we grade? Are you grading Chelsea versus where they are relative to City, or grading them on their performance? Because I'm not sure it's fair to grade either okay, Liverpool so, or Chelsea on their relative okay, performance. Sure. To City. So Chelsea's Chelsea's performance has been good. They've had a couple of couple of hiccups, like every team does in each half of a season. I think I think they've been good. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give them a B. Uh, the only thing stopping me from giving them an A is obviously. That they're they're pretty much where I expected them to be, which is where I expected them to be is good. Uh, I mean, if they were top, I'd probably give them an A. 
Um, yeah, you're right, Will. It's harsh to compare them to City. Chelsea as Chelsea have, have definitely been a B. They've been one of the best teams in the league. That That's pretty much what you can hope for from your team, really. They're, they were the best team in the league for a while, and then, yeah, City got going. Um, yeah, I think it's a B. They've, uh, as well, they've kind of dodged through their way through a bit of a COVID and injury crisis they get. Obviously, they've got the Lukaku situation to deal with at the moment. Um, but yeah, performances in general have been very good. I think Tuchel is, in general, pretty a very good manager. Um, they have used, they've, it feels like they've used a lot of players. I don't have any stats to back this up, but it feels have, like they've been they through have, a lot of players. They've, I think they've, they've got the most goal scorers. I think they've got like 17 or something. Um, they've, got, they've played the most players and, I mean... Yeah, you're right, Mike. 17 goal scorers out of 45 goals. That is impressive. <laughs> too sure to tinker, man. It might be 17 all comps. I might be getting confused. Ah, fair. Um, but yeah, third best defence in the league. It's um, No, it's going well at the bridge, to be honest. I mean, obviously, there's a few. As there always is with Chelsea, there's some off the field. No, it isn't. Going on, but... <laughs> God, yeah, you as, positive. as a half season, it's going. I'd yeah, say it's gone well. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, the last few weeks have got quite interesting, haven't they? But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, I don't grading them solely on themselves. Like, if you compare anyone to City, who we'll talk about City later, I think it's harsh because City are so good um, that the point gap doesn't really matter to me. I mean, there's no denying, and it's the same with Liverpool, Chelsea, and Chelsea and Liverpool have both drop stupid points that they shouldn't have dropped like covid covid permitting they shouldn't draw with wolves they shouldn't draw with brighton they should still win those games i mean i'll cut them a bit of slack when they had to play barkley in central defensive midfield <laughs> but one of the things is one of the great things is where people are people are like oh what's Tuchel complaining about because he could play Havertz in midfield i'm like that's a defensive midfield Oh, you don't know what you're on about. But yeah. Um, encouraging signs is that they played Liverpool, who are maybe one of the top three teams in the league and probably in the world, yesterday with Alonso and Asfilicueta at wing back and were better, the better side for gross halves of that game. So they'll be fine. <laughs> they're probably a good side. I mean, they're a cup side that you'd hope that Lukaku would turn them into a title side and he hasn't been fit and he's also a Wazak. So they are. Actually... I've got no sim. I don't like it, and but I've also got a little less sympathy for Chelsea because Lukaku's conducted himself in the media like this everywhere he's ever been. Like he was at Everton. The first time he was at Chelsea, he accused us of just throwing money around when we weren't playing him. Then he went to Everton and he said they're not buying enough players to make themselves a serious club. He complained. He complained when he was at United. He gave. He gave stuff when he's at Inter. It's no wonder he liked content. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, but this is the thing, like, this is what he does. So when Chelsea... they got the same him, handbook. Yeah, when Chelsea buy him, they knock themselves again into... I mean, I, I think the struggle for me is that it's just come at such a bad time because he just scored two and two and he was giving us a real presence and him and Tuch were working in tandem. And I do think there's a really, really optimised version of Chelsea with him at the helm that wins every week um, because he just is the cutting edge. But... I don't like it. And as the member of the pod who works in the media, will can you explain to me why this interview was done like at the three start weeks, of December, three weeks in advance, and then they let a couple of bad results in, and then they release it. 
Why do so, they do that? I, so it was in it, so it was in Sky Italia. So <laughs> this is what I don't understand: is that it, it was entirely filmed as supposed to be Lukaku apologising to the Interfans and getting his story out there. Um, and throughout it, it must have taken a while to set up. But the interesting thing, which I got from the the thing that I think the club's pissed about, and they got this from the Athletic um, reporting, I think it was Simon Johnson who did it, who's a pretty good source in the club. He said that the way that the club goes about it, and I think it's pretty much standard for everywhere, is the media outlet comes to the club and says they want the player, and then they sort of divvy up, they divvy up the players amongst the media outlets for the pre-game, and then they send them off to do the interview so they can keep a track of who's being interviewed and when. The Lukaku interview, the first the club knew about it was when it was broadcast. Oh, no. Yeah, and... So they were in training, and then it came out, kind of. That's why Tuchel, I think, is quite annoyed. And that's why it's interesting in that reporting, again, that um, I think five senior players were consulted on the dropping. Uh, one was unnamed, Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Jorginho, and NG. And they all basically said, drop him. And another source said, none of us support him. We don't know what he's doing. So... <laughs> And the best part uh, later today, apparently Lukaku is surprised at how he's been portrayed, <laughs> which is excellent. Um, yeah, what he was saying on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so what basically what we're saying is Chelsea are a B, and Sky Italia won't be getting any more interviews from Chelsea players. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, you can't blame Sky Italia. It makes it makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense to wait wait until a player's back fit and playing in the headlines before actually putting out a interview, doesn't it? Because if they put it out while he was injured, no, no, uh, I, I'm no only they've done an interview without the club knowing. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, it depends who organised it. I don't think you'd ever look at a media outlet in the <laughs> in the face, by the way. But let's not get too carried away because. There's always a there's always a way back. I mean, like this isn't the first time this has happened at a football club. It's not even the first time that we've had an unhappy striker <laughs> who's come back and then who's come back and then won trophies. But the one thing I would say to Kaku is I don't know I don't know what club he thinks he's at, but this might fly at some of the other ones. But six months ago, the the other lot in the dressing room which you weren't here for while you were winning a Serie, which is a good trophy, but it's not at the level of a Champions League. And you've come in. They're not going to adapt to you. You've got to adapt to that team. Yeah, because you've got a team that's the best in Europe as opposed to being the best in Italy, if you know that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. There you are. We're not even going to let him join us on the uh, the open top bus tour for when we go back to back. So there we are. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, God. Showell's out for the season. I'm crying. Anyway. We'll buy Luca Dinier and Kieran Trippier and it'll be fine. Um, Palace, Mike. Beloved Palace. You were a Palace sceptic. And I mean yeah. the football team, not Harry and Meghan. So do you <laughs> want to tell me a bit more about what you think yeah. of the football team? Yeah, that Harry too as well, but, um, but yes, uh, I was very sceptical. I think I had them bottom, I believe, in my... Um, oh no, second bottom I had them. In my um, pre-season predictions, I uh, couldn't have been too too much further wrong on that. Palace are 11th, we had them 13th. And yeah, it appears uh, ex-Premier League player Patrick Vieira actually knows what he's talking about, so good for him. 
on that front. They lost, um, obviously, a bit of a crazy game um, against West Ham on uh, New Year's Day. But in general, they haven't really looked like Crystal Palace, which is a great thing, to be honest. Um, They've started the last month or so to look a bit more like Crystal Palace before. But, I mean, they... I believe they played out a 3-3 with Burnley. And what the hell? <laughs> if so, if someone had told you last season that Burnley and Crystal Palace were going to play out a 3-3, I think I'd have... Well, I don't know what I would have done, but I'd have thought Dave was telling me that's what was happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, bizarre. But yeah, they've had a decent season. I don't really know what to say about Palace, so I'm just giving them a B and just going to move on. Well done. Me and Dave actually had a... Um... 14th and 12th I think between yeah, us. you're a bit more right about them yeah. which is what swayed their final ranking for us um Dave I think uh at least from my perspective I thought they've got a load of ballers mm-hmm. quite frankly um and whether or not Vieira worked was can he just hoard all the talent and sort of make it work but what have you made of them uh, I've been impressed, to be honest. I mean, it was no secret that Palace were fed up, but like fans, I think just anyone wanting to watch football fed up of how Roy Hodgson was playing with Palace at the end. Dull football. Obviously, they lost a lot of players last year as well, don't forget. Um, they had all the old players leave. Um, like People like Gary Cahill, for example. I think Scott Dan, who'd been there for years. Uh, obviously important in the dressing rooms, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and they've managed to bring in players uh, like Anderson and, and Gwehi at the back. I mean, they obviously had... There, there's been signs of them making their own mistakes, which you're expecting any new sort of defence. Tariq Mitchell's come through, who I'd like to say as well, has been really, really good. Um, Elise looks a good signing as well. Eze, who I thought was the one bright sparker than Zaha last year, has actually been out. Yeah, which uh, makes it all the more whole impressive. Season. So, yeah, how good can these guys be with Eze? Uh, I think there's been some smart signings, like Will Hughes, for example. To be honest, never really rated him in the Prem at Watford, but he just manages to do a job in this Palace team. Um, Conor Gallagher has been fantastic. Amazed Will isn't screaming about that one. Uh, Get it back. Yeah. And then, for once, Palace, I know... Yeah, for once, Palace have striker options that aren't just lump it to Benteke or Hobai finally takes a shot that doesn't nearly kill someone in the stand. Uh, Odson Edwards been good. Still quite young as well. Uh, and Mateta, to be honest, he, he oh. offers something different. No, Dave. Yeah, different being bad. <laughs> Not Mateta. <laughs> is one of the worst players. No, Did no. You, was he the one who turned up at Palace saying that basically this was a stepping stone to a bigger club? And I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking I at think him, that like, was actually no. believed at the time, you know. Was it really? Oh. I think he was meant to be like a, a promising youngster. But, I mean... But my God. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the thing is with Palace is basically there was reservations about would Vieira be be the man to get them playing. Obviously, it's no secret he was nowhere near their first choice, um, and obviously they managed to change their style entirely. And and they're playing good stuff uh, and doing well in the league. So yeah, happy to give them a B. Well done, Palace. Conor Gallagher's back must be sore because he is a fucking great. Wow. He's a baller, isn't he? I've, Absolutely. I've, baller. 
I've enjoyed watching Palace this year. I must admit, partly for Gallagher, partly for Gerhi, but um, also yeah, because good, yeah. also because they're a shining example, I think, to Aston Villa, because you've took a team that was solely resistant on playing through one special attacking player, and now you've developed a system where you've got more and more people getting involved, and you've got better, better players sort of like being empowered to do things, and that's kind of what Villa need to do. And I think that's what Villa are doing under Gerard. But Palace are a good example of how they've looked at Zaha getting a bit older and moved away. But the one thing I will say about Tyreek Mitchell, who is top of the tackles made um, in the Premier League, he is about 20 tackles away from being bought by United for 50 million. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I wish could see Mike's face. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Do we need to see if he can put the cross first? No, just sign him. <laughs> Go on, buy him. He's <laughs> good vibe. Uh, shall we talk about uh, perhaps <laughs> it's one of the te- one of the most miserable teams in the league, Everton? Can we just give these a grade and move on? I, I have no time for it. <laughs> no, yeah. I want to argue with the two of you because I actually think it should be lower. Oh, um, <laughs> I know I don't get a vote, but um, Everton are eleventh. No, Everton we had eleventh pre-season, which at the time I think we felt like is that too low? They're actually fifteenth. Dominic Calvert Lewin's not been fit for most of the season. But Rafa Benitez's management of the blue side of Merseyside is bizarre. The, bizarre. The weirdest thing is they started off okay. Their last run of games, I think it's it's either the last eleven or twelve games they've taken six. Yeah, twelve games they've taken six points, three draws and a win, and eight losses. How is he still in the job? Firstly, um, but I, what I will say about Everton is. There's a lot of issues off the pitch that have have resulted in this. If you've looked at their financial fair play, there's still something like 40 to 50 million like they need to sell uh, players, which, to be honest, maybe Dinya has, has upset Rafa or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me if he's someone they can get a fee for. I mean... He's going to Chelsea. I'm not, I'm not saying Rafa's done a good job because he hasn't. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. However, what are you expecting a guy to do when he's had to sign three? No, 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 no. Andros Townsend. No, 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 no. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Rafa's done a terrible job, Will. I'm just saying that with Everton at the moment, whoever is in charge there just seems to be doomed. They're just... They're going in the wrong direction. Rafa himself as a manager has been totally appalling. I don't know what he's... I really don't know what he's doing. It's it's like it's like I've passed football manager, loaded it up, given it to my dad, and gone, go on, dad, what what do you want to do this season? Mike like, Harris gets let me tell you, he'd, he'd probably, Yeah, he'd probably do better. Um, but I just don't know I don't know what he's doing. And the the thing is with Everton, as much as we're slating them, they obviously do have some good players. Calvert Lewin's been a huge mess. Richardson's been out a few times, nope. not as big a mess as Calvin Lewin. But I, I don't know what's going. I just don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't even want to talk about them too much because they are, they're woeful. Uh, I'll jump in just quickly to get some off my chest. I'm sick and tired of Rafa Benitez going to every single football club he's ever been to and playing the victim. Oh, oh, the fans don't like me. Oh, Chelsea. Oh. 
It's oh, it's not my fault. Well, actually, Rafa, you said a few, quite a few inflammatory things in the past. There's no one in it. Like, oh, it's not my fault. And then he goes to Newcastle. And he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> don't get any support from from Mike Ashley, despite Steve Bruce achieving a better finish than him after getting a bit of support. Oh, and he gets to Everton. Oh, don't get any support at Everton. Oh, no, Rafa, you're just shit. Like, imagine being a professional footballer and... You go into the, you basically going into the office and they're like, what are we going to work on today, lads? I'm going to work on sitting in a really deep low block. Are we going to do anything proactive? No. That must be soul destroying. And let's be honest, it's one, you can't set up a team to defend in this league when you're relying on Michael Keane and Ben Godfrey. And then to just decide you don't fancy Luca Digne, who's probably your second best player. Is baffling management to me. Absolutely baffling management. Um, you're right, Dave. Everton are rudderless and they don't have a clue what they're doing forever. And off the pitch are a disaster. But on the pitch, Rafa Benitez has to take some ownership of just serving up the kind of product that makes you want to poke your eyes out with pitchforks. It's gross up there. I Give mean, them it's the first time that uh, Goodison Park's restricted view seats would actually be the best ones in the house. I mean, if we're doing that, Goodison Park, shithole. And everyone's like, it's, oh, it's a good old ground. It's shit. Okay, look. If you... <sighs> now, Everton can do one. They're shit. Why have you two given them an F and not a U? I wasn't sure if we were giving U's, but if we're we are, giving then U's. I'm All right, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> I said I was only going to be the deciding vote, and I've ended up... Completely deciding that, deciding that one. <laughs> oh, Leeds, we're all Leeds, aren't we? Well, are we? We had them. We had, we had them tenth. <laughs> yeah, we had them tenth. They're sixteenth, and they really haven't been. Uh, really haven't been good, have they? They won a big, big mm. game at the weekend um, against Burnley. Mm. That was a huge result. Um, but yeah, they've conceded a lot of goals. Um, they've not scored too many. They've scored some, but obviously bit, they've been hit by injuries all season. Calvin Phillips, Bamford, uh, Cooper's been out, Ailing's been out. They've pretty much their whole eleven has probably been out at some point, apart from maybe the goalie. I think it's getting to the point where is Bielsa going to walk? What's this, what's the plan? Are we going to change our style? I don't think they are. While Bielsa's there. Um, it's certainly going to be an in- interesting half season at Ellen Road um, for the second half. As far as so far this season, 19 points from 19 games might just keep them up if they continue that. Um, I've gone for a D with the backdrop of the injuries. They are underperforming pretty badly, but with the injuries in mind, I think a D is, is a fair assessment of their season so far. Yeah, I I agree with you, Mike. Really, I I think it's a D as well. Like they haven't been great, and they've been really bad at the back. Um, but at the end of the day, they've had so many injuries. Like, what can you expect them to do without like Phillips and Bamford, who other than Rafinha are probably their two best players? Um, yeah, it's it's been tough for them. But like you say, it's interesting with Bielsa. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if. He did walk away. Uh, if it if it starts to get much worse, I think Lee's biggest thing really is 
I think, to be honest, as long as they beat the teams around them uh, in the table, they'll probably be fine. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see because, for example, when they play Burnley next time round, if they draw or even lose that game, same with another team down there, are they going to have enough in the tank? Whereas last year, they were so full of themselves. Rightly so. They were great. This season, it's it already feels like they're trying to drag themselves through the season and there's still half of it left. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Definitely, definitely a good one to follow, I think, leads to the second half. Well, yeah, I think we've been slightly harsh here. I think of all the teams in the league, they've had by far the most injuries. I mean, I would consider myself to be fairly well-versed in knowing just players around the league. But there's been times this season where I've looked at the Sky Sports things for Leeds matches and I've been thinking I'm staring at like a football manager saved 30 years into the future. <laughs> like, they've been decimated. Like, if we, I think... Their bench we, that Arsenal game is wild. If we, if we sit here and we say that... If we sit here and we go about any team in this league and we say that they've lost two of their top three players and... It's debatable whether Phillips is actually their best player. Um, I think we'd we'd sort of be going, we'd be shooting them a lot of bail. And the second thing I would shoot Leeds bail on is, I think Leeds, it's the Sheffield United effect where their first season was so good, they overperformed massively that we come into the second season with inflated opinions. And then when they get beset by injuries and decimated we sort of go oh well they're massively underperforming we're in it on to be honest i know that watford have a game in handbook to be six points clear of 17th given all that's happened to them and the strength of their squad i don't think you'd say it's a great job or a great season but i would i'd give them a c i'd say it's bang average but yeah d's not completely unfair either i've just shooting us some bells so we can show our face in north yorkshire again <laughs> No, I never want to. (laughs) (laughs) No, joking. Lovely part of the world. If you like, just inspired Henry Hodgson to spend to send us one more picture of his. Was it pork pie with mint sauce and and mushy peas? Just trying to think. If uh, no, we can't talk about it because this podcast comes out before then. Okay, Uh, Leicester up next. Um, We had them fifth pre-season. Um, yeah. We didn't feel good about it though. Remember a lot of talk about bottlers um, and yeah. they're actually 10th. <laughs> Again, another team that have had a fair few injuries. I'll point out before we go, but I think a bit more to blame here. Um, Dave, Yeah. slightly more positive. Should we start off with something nice and wholesome and then yeah. tear it all down? Well, I don't know how wholesome it's going to start out, but I think with Leicester, the thing is that. The thing that's actually grading them like way lower, even though you know they're five places off where where we had them, and obviously between fifth and tenth, that's a big difference in terms of fifth. You're looking at European football, and currently where they are, they are not looking particularly close to even making the top six. Really, uh, the reason I'm not so critical of them is there's been so many injuries in defence. Um, a lot of the stuff has been down to. They've just been, what we've seen from this Leicester team under Rodgers for the last couple of years is just consistency. Or if there has been any, like, inconsistency, it's it's sort of gone after a couple of games. All that, like, 
you couldn't sum Leicester up more this season than being just inconsistent. Like, you watch them one week and they, they seem back to their old selves. The next week, they're masters of their own downfall because they're making, like, defensive errors at the back or missing glorious chances. I think maybe with Rodgers, there is some blame for him um, in terms of maybe looking to rotate the team. Uh, I mean, the yeah, the, the thing is really is that it's just it's just weird. Like every player, it feels like has had a couple of bad games, and what we've expected from Leicester is that they're they're together as a unit and they're usually great. So I think they are themselves, but we can't come down on them like they're being absolutely awful because maybe Leicester have actually been overachieving the last couple of years, and they've been doing so well that we expect that top top level from them. It's for me not been an awful season, so I'd, I'd give them a D. Below par, but not not panic buttons yet for me. Has it not been an awful season for them? I think they've been really poor. Personally, I think they've been really poor. Go on, Mike. I uh, they're another one that I've kind of struggled to to get a handle on, but again, they started off the season fairly well. And they've, They've been through a pretty, pretty awful run, really. I know there's been some injuries and stuff, but like, they have some really good players in there. Like, they really have some good players, and they just sometimes they look lost. I mean, they were what they were four 0 down to City, and then suddenly it was four three. Just totally bizarre, Leicester have been all season. <clears throat> um, I think Rogers will have to start taking some blame for some of the performances. Um, that they've been putting in, you you can't really. I mean, if you if you want to finish top four, you can't concede six to to Man City. Def- defensively, they've been abject. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing at the back. They've conceded thirty three in in their eighteen league games. Right. Obviously, that does include the six there, but there's been yeah. plenty of other instances of. I mean, they shipped two to Southampton, two to Villa, two to recent Wat- two to recent two to Watford. Yeah, I mean. I think what's interesting here is we talk about Leicester's recruitment being top draw for years now, don't we? But Samari's not really paid off this season. Bertrand, who is looking a bit past it. I mean, Vestergaard, ooh, he just he looks yeah, like a stick in the mud. They're playing Daniel Amati at centre-back, who is <laughs> a disaster. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, Pereira's struggled with his fitness. Justin's obviously not fit. And Johnny Evans, who is, as everyone knows, the in and around pod's favourite centre-half, is um, struggling. Has no legs. But, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a bit weird because Ian Acho, who papered over some of the cracks in their bad second half of the season, hasn't really paid off. And now Vardy's going to be sitting on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. It's just not good. Something's not right at Leicester. Vardy... Vardy's an interesting one. I think he <coughs> almost characterises what's happened at Leicester this season. I'm not talking about Vardy again because the last time I said he was bad that he scored six goals in the next three weeks. Yeah, I also don't <laughs> want to say it, but I'm starting to feel like he might be. <laughs> and if that is the case, that's a big worry for him. So maybe Leicester fans, we've just fired Vardy to another huge month. But, um, but yeah, signs of life. As obviously they beat Liverpool last time out one nil. That is a huge, huge result, um, and it might have been a, an even worse conversation had they not got that win. 
hopefully that can kickstart this the season for them because so far for me it's been a pretty awful season i've given them an e um but i've been outvoted i believe so in okay. around score is a d yeah let's be nice let's fear on the side of injuries and stuff well likes leicester we went to uni there so they I, I did i did i did i went i went to uni there and uh they won the league interestingly mike my three years at uni chelsea won the league twice and leicester won it once wow there you go <laughs> incidentally i'm thinking That's about a doing spell, isn't it Next season, um, before the title race kicks off, I'm going to do a Masters. <laughs> Just to try and get us another one. Um, Shall we talk about Liverpool? Um, yeah, Liverpool are good, aren't they? I tell you what, it's a, I tell you what, it's a bloody good time to do review Liverpool's season because they're about to lose their two best players for a month and they are in trouble. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, AFCON is definitely going to decimate, obviously, well, it's obviously taken their two best players. Um, and I just can't wait to see what, what excuses Klopp comes up with. It's going to be great. I want to see the 11s he's throwing out there. Oh, it's going to be cracking for the next month or so. How long are they away for? Is it a month? Uh, a month, but... Um, Three weeks I believe, or so. I believe the final was like the first week of Fab, but they're saying depending on... Like quarantine rules and stuff, they depending at that time, uh, they obviously might have to isolate. I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, in Premier League terms, missing January, January uh, start of January to start or even mid of Feb, that's quite a lot of games. Probably eight or nine, I would expect. Well, um, to be to be fair, if the referee had done his job yesterday, they'd be missing Mane for a few of them anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah. Sorry, Mike, if you want to keep going, but AFCON's a good point. No, I haven't got too much to say other than Liverpool are very, very good. Um, obviously, they're, they're third at the moment, game in hand on Chelsea, so they're a point behind them. Um, the next month or so will be interesting to see where they end up. But yeah, it's another good season to be a Liverpool fan there. They're a ridiculously good team. Scoring goals almost at will with Salah. I think is is the best player in the world at the moment. Um, even Mane's decided to find his way to goal, which uh, which he sometimes does. And uh, as we know, I like watching Jota, so we'll get to see a bit more of him over the over the coming weeks. Mm. And yeah, actually, that Kelleher did quite a decent job in goal. He did. Yeah, so. I really like. Well, I didn't like him, but I actually thought he was. I thought he was good. I was. I surprised how good he did. Yeah. He did great with the one on one. He did really well. Really well, but honestly, he's rare for an American, but Pulisic can't shoot. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we Pulisic's, Pulisic's miss did, in fact, lead to me to message the group chat asking how we lost the Revolutionary War to these. Uh, oh, God, he was causing me real havoc yesterday. Um, just quickly, uh, I think Liverpool are not as good as they were. And yeah. I do think they're good this year. Um, I think... We're starting to see. I think the reason they are they've remained so good is that Salah is quite clearly the best player in the world. And you only have to look at his second goal versus Chelsea, just uh, the timing, the composure, and everything he did, and just complete mastery of the game he has, just makes him on another level to any other player in this league, as far as I'm concerned. That said, that's papering over some of the cracks because what we've what we saw at Liverpool is they've not had the biggest squad, but two years ago 
um, they were able to combat that because they had a first team that stayed pretty healthy and yeah. was able to press like maniacs practically every game, which was a real help for them just swarming. And now they can't really do that, particularly with a condensed schedule and COVID. Um, and now they're having to rely on their squad a bit more, which, as we've already touched on, is not the best. I mean, they've got some good they've got some good people who are ready to come in, like Simicast, who just looks like a really good player. But some of their bigger signings, like Thiago, just haven't been able to stay fit enough to let to sort of let it get running. But so I agree, a good season, not a great season, and. I just, I just wonder if they're at the end of their cycle and it's going to require some real, it's going to require some real top quality moves in the transfer market. I think to sort them out. We, we've been saying that for about a year, haven't we? To be fairness, because yeah. look, yesterday's Chelsea game was a basketball match, but part of the reason it was a basketball match was because Liverpool were playing Henderson and Milner and I, in midfield, and I like Henderson. But Henderson and Milner in midfield in 2022 is not a way that you're going to control football matches. And they had a three in there and Kovacic and Jorginho absolutely killed them over and over again. Not Kovacic and Jorginho, Kovacic and Kante, apologies. Dave? Uh, yeah, I think really the biggest problem for Liverpool this season is AFCON, like Mike was saying. Well, Salah and Mane, but also... I believe Guinea qualified, and I know Naby Keita hasn't ever lived up to being the player that he has. However, I'd much rather have him in midfield than, to be honest, Milner or, or someone like Oxlade-Chamberlain. So even losing Keita as an option, I think. Yeah, like, look yesterday at how Milner and Henderson got basically totally overrun. And, yeah, I just fear for them. And it's, it's interesting how there will be in like 18 months when most of the current crop are like early thirties. But I mean, this season for itself that they've been really good. Um, Like Will says, I don't think they're the best that they've been, but they're still a very, very good team. So I'm happy to give them a B. I kind of feel like them so similar to how I feel Chelsea in that they're a good, they're going to be a good cup side because on their day, on their day, they could be the best team in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, with Salah and Mane, they, I mean, if they yeah. they can be pretty much unplayable, can't they, on their own? <laughs> yeah. I will say to Henderson's point, when I talk about Henderson and Milner, Henderson yesterday in the Chelsea game was very... When Liverpool were on top, he was really good. And for those opening 20 minutes, he was very good. Well, I say opening 20 minutes, that, that middle stretch where Liverpool really bossed it in the sec- first half before the chaos unfolded. But when the more it became like a basketball match, there was more gaps that were opening up. And the way Liverpool play and the way Liverpool are going to have to play without Salah and Mane is going to put a real strain on his legs in a way that I worry about him being able to keep up with. But I, I can st- still can't doubt that in a one-off game, John Henderson can still perform at absolute top, top level like he can do. Brilliant player. Still, God. Yes, Ugh. Really good Ugh. Ugh. God, we've got to be... <laughs> Nice what, to can we have a team get promoted that go between Liverpool and City so we don't have to be like this every season? <laughs> Who are you looking for? Is he looking for um, Dave? Who's team to begin with M's in the Championship? Oh, God, Middlesbrough. Here they come. Yeah, I guess it's Middlesbrough. Oh, no, I'm stupid because no, surely that's not actually in the middle, is it? Oh, no, that wouldn't be in the middle. <laughs> we need an L. <laughs> um, I can't think of Luton. a single team that's between LI and MA. Look, Luton come up, I'll start watching the league. Luton, come on. Anyway, um, City. Uh, the best team in the league got better. That would be my review. Pretty much. 
they're they're ridiculous, aren't they? They got got the best manager, um, got the best players. <laughs> they haven't got a striker. It doesn't even matter. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of run out of kind of run out of things to say, don't you? About Man City, they are they they're, they're going to run away with the title again. Um, best defence in the league, best attack in the league. They're losing Mares to Afcon, Mike. Don't forget that. Oh, that's a good point. And uh, and Ferran Torres is gone, so their depth is is definitely being questioned. Um, I think they'll be fine. Given the options they have. No, actually, it's a good point. They've actually got the least depth of the top three, but they've also not, as of yet, been affected by COVID. Well, they haven't got less depth than Liverpool, but they've not been affected by COVID or injuries to anywhere near the manor. But, to be fair to Kevin De Bruyne, like, the one thing I'd say about City is we've worried all... We were like, no, I haven't got a striker, I haven't got a striker, I haven't got a striker. And what Pep's done is he's somehow found a way to improve every single one of these players <laughs> to spread the goals around and get more, like... Uh, no, you. I'm a critic of Pep. Always have been, like, because I, I like poking fun at him. I like, I like. Uh, my favourite tweet over Christmas when he was on the TV was that Pep Guardiola's tested positive for being bold. <laughs> 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 but not enough is talked about that. It's not the thing that makes City so good. Is not that they've got the absolutely crazy levels of finances. That is one of the things that makes them good. What makes them? What makes their ability to win leagues absolutely unassailable is that they have clear and away the best manager in the world and if we're going to be honest probably the best manager the league's ever seen like to put so. to put together this level of established dominance to play this kind of football to improve your team in this way um the money's kind of irrelevant because if you gave if you gave the money to Manuel Pellegrini yeah he can win a league title but he can't dominate English football in the way that Pep Guardiola has dominated English football and talking about the title race Liverpool and Chelsea the reason why I don't think it's fair is yeah they've dropped some silly points but if they give them silly points I don't think it matters because City are that good this year they're so good they're brilliant again yeah they're they're unbelievable aren't they I I mean you kind of want I don't really want them to win a Champions League but you also kind of do because it would at least <coughs> um kind of finish the legacy of Pep at City I, I I agree because I look you you look at the team you because the only team realistically teams you can compare these lot to are the great Premier League teams you're talking you 0405s Chelsea your invincible Arsenal's who you who didn't they didn't win in Europe and then you've got you've got the great United teams of 99 who I think City are better than 99 I'm sorry I just think they are and then you've got 0708 and are the City team better I don't know but if they had a Champions League, it's a genuine question. Well, then, then I think, then I think they are. You, you would say they probably are. Then, um, I mean, the, the points totals they amass year after year after year. Even Liverpool have been doing it, but it's ridiculous the amount of points you need to win a league now. It was yeah. never like it's never been like this in the history no. of the league, and now you, you draw a game or, God forbid, even lose a game. Yeah, you're, you're out the race. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's what makes it so crazy. Is I, I think back to the, some of the performances where I mean Chelsea won the league in ninety five points, and it was the record for so many years. And then Conte won it with ninety three points, and they dominated the league in those years that they did it. But no one else dominated the league in that same season. Like you look at what Liverpool and City did two a couple of years ago, and that's unmatched. And 
ever since then we've been denied a proper title race because City got City were decimated by injuries the year that Liverpool won it. Then then Liverpool were decimated by injuries, and then this year we've had COVID, Afcon, Chelsea getting a load of injuries, and you've just been denied that title race, and it's sort of because they haven't had to fight through these title races, we've all sort of accepted City's brilliance as just being a thing that happens rather than celebrating it for the fact that it is, in some cases, absolute footballing, just magic from Guardiola. It is, yeah. yeah but Everyone knows how they're going to play and you still can't get fucking near them. Yeah. Which is exactly <laughs> why... It's ridiculous, isn't it? Which is exactly why it was so impressive... That Chelsea beat them in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> That's always an ulterior motive. Pep, stop my left back, you bold fraud. Um, okay, let's move on to. Uh, oh, Christ. It's United. Yeah, Mike's already had his head in his hands as soon as he realised that it's. <sighs> Dear me. I mean, all I'm going to say on United is, is an A. Um, not playing well, not not playing there where they should be, not even playing decently. Uh, and to be honest, the the main thing for me is they brought a hero back who who ruins the whole outlook of the team. So, what's the point of his individual performances if the rest of the team suffers? But um, that's enough for me. I'll leave it to Mike. I, I just don't even want to do this anymore. I, I've got a better question, United. I think we all agree that it's E and E or an F. Mike wants to give him an F. We'll give him an E. Can I ask a question? Have you two watch them. Yeah, they're bad. Probably they're not bad. as much as you, which is why I'm on an E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they don't even they don't even try. They actually don't even try. Can, right. So this is my question. So bef- last season, United's team fairly likable because of what they were building to. You had Greenwood, you had Rashford, you had people you wanted to root for. And I've noticed this with Chelsea in that having, I think, having players that you like, like everyone knows Timo Werner, for example, not the world's greatest player. Everyone loves him. But the reason I like him is because he owned, he seems, firstly, he seems like a great bloke. If you haven't seen the Yokohama tires thing where he's (laughs) on the stage, it's wonderful. But also he tries hard. He'll give you a hundred percent and he's actually a good player. He's not quite the player they wanted to, but having players like him, having players like Mounds and Chalibur and stuff and likable players in your team, I think that matters. I know it's, probably soppy but at our age having watched as much football as we have over the years I find myself needing to have players that I like and when I look at United now I just think to myself well Sancho Greenwood Rashford you watch that and you're like oh that's a that's a likable talented front three that's exciting that's young and you and you add in Ronaldo who to keep the Harry Potter theme going is essentially Voldemort like, what are we doing here? I, I mean, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't like any of them. No. It's... I like Rashford. Uh, I like Rashi. But he's not good at football anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, if we don't like Rashford, what are we doing here? Yeah. You that, don't that's like about... Honestly, they, they go out there, they don't know, they don't try. They don't look like they know what they're supposed to be out there for. You, you're paid to be pro footballers, lads. Um... I mean, honestly, I, I don't know what they're doing. I really have no idea. De Gea has been far and away our best player. 
which yeah, says a lot. Has. And he still conceded a bucket load of goals. What have we conceded? 27. I mean, come on. What the hell? We can't win at Old Trafford. Well, we can't win anywhere, but we, <laughs> we, we haven't been good at home. Um, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm really running out of things to say, but essentially the point being, they don't know what they're doing and they don't look like they're even trying. And that, for me, is is why it's an F. Because I don't know how they're seventh. I have honestly got no idea how they're seventh. I'm I'm happy to drop to an F, to be honest. I mean, no, I'm, I'm no, just think about it. You actually started the season off quite well. Uh, basically, before Ronaldo came, Greenwood was looking great and his break for a year. He got sacrificed for, for Ronaldo. I, I think, yeah, to be honest, Mike, I mean, you watch them every pretty well. Well, maybe you don't watch them any, every game anymore. Maybe you don't pick up. To, but, but, yeah, I mean, if they're, they're obviously way underperforming, but it doesn't look like they're going to pull themselves up to, to really hitting the top four, even. So, not I'm happy to, to give them an F to know how you feel, Will. Not to stick the knife in. Oh, but please, stick the fucking knife in. Should they have kept Lukaku? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> just looking at them, just... Oh, I've got, oh, hold on, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, you've, you've thrown me by mentioning he must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was a really... No, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Um, United's just ineptitude are both on the pitch, but in the way they've run their football club, in the way that they went after Jane Sancho for a very specific role and then shelled that in favour of bringing home Ronaldo, it actually, to go back to City, it shows that money isn't everything. If you haven't got that clear strategy, if you haven't got that genius manager, it's not just enough to have the money to give you sustained success. You have to have all those other things put in place and it, it makes what City are doing even more impressive, which is when you look at it from a United point of view, like this season's just been a total failure. Their best player last year, Luke Shaw, he is proper English hangover. The club captain's been a disaster. Bruno Fernandes, who looked like he was on paper to be the best worst player of all time, <laughs> is just not yeah. playing particularly well and has picked up a load of bad habits, which he already had, but they've been amplified by having Ronaldo there. This whinging, this moaning, yeah, and. If someone inside a football club can ever tell me why Cristiano Ronaldo is allowed to stay on free kicks when there's better options, I'll be amazed. It, yeah, now I now there's just total apathy. I think being a United fan, we just expect that we're not going to be good anymore, and that's thank, like, where, wow. Thank God they cancelled Matt's blog. Could you imagine him trying to put his positive blogs? He did. It was great as well. Oh, I thought that was the reason they bought him from Chelsea because it certainly wasn't his defensive work rate. Oh, that they need help with social numbers, to be fair, United. <laughs> Everything just says another defeat, old Chelsea. By the way, lads, the ne- if you if you thought that was negative, here come the next two. Oh my God, Newcastle <laughs> must be there. We have the. I think we can do the pressure is on the way. We can do these really quickly. I think actually, we had Newcastle 16th. They're actually 19th. An e. Okay. They Why stink. is it <laughs> <laughs> He actually stinks. Uh, and and just to put you how bad United are into perspective, we only got a point at St James's Park. 
No, Newcastle are terrible. They've only got one good player, which is some Maximan. Um, and Joel Linton, of course. Actually, well, he's he's moulded himself into a good player again. In fact, no. Eddie Howe has moulded himself in. Is moulded Joel Linton into a good player. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do this window, but so far this season they've been. Uh, yeah, they've been bad. So, obviously, they had a managerial change. Dave, is this a case of. Um, two different teams or one elongated shitty one i mean it's difficult isn't it i mean <laughs> no <laughs> they, they are two different no. teams but they're two different terrible teams yeah so they're just the same bad players trying to now play slightly differently the thing is with them having money i don't think it saves them the only thing that saves them here is people around them doing worse it reeks of QPR that season where they signed bloody Chris Samba for like 13 mil that was massive in the January window. So like five players that on paper were great, didn't help them. I don't care who Newcastle sign. They've got a... Like, well, yeah, great. Kieran Trippier. Yeah, so it's like you're right back. What about the rest of the back four? Do What's they the want point? Like, Do they want a slightly used Belgian striker? <laughs> I think they would take him. Like, honestly... We can't have Kieran guys... Clark continuing at centre-back. We can't. <laughs> these guys are just woeful. And the players don't look like they're capable of any better. I think that's what everyone was hoping, wasn't it? With how, oh, these guys are doing bad because Steve Bruce is so dull. Actually, they have nothing better in the tank. They have nothing better in the tank. These guys are just playing differently. They're playing crap, but they're just trying to attack a bit more. That's the only difference. Yeah, it's I mean, worth... Kieran Clark attacks them, to be fair, so that's, that's hard enough to do. <laughs> it with. is worth factoring, again. They, they it's have... like an autoimmune disease. Okay. I was about to come over the point, but we're just moving on. <laughs> we can't top that in terms of analysis. And here comes another one. <laughs> no. Norwich have Brad Hanley. Can I, can I ever go at Norwich first? Yeah, yes, go. Will, go on. Norwich, Norwich fans picked and chanted at... Nine, I don't know how old Billy Gilmore is. I think he's 19. Yes. And started having a go at him for not being their best player in a match where he was clearly their best player. And they were sort of like blaming him for the situation they're in. Billy Gilmore, who didn't play under your first manager this season when you were equally as shite. I just don't understand it. And quite frankly, Norwich are the worst Premier League club ever. Because, yeah. because they go down, they they come up, they're useless, they're not interesting, they're just boring. You have to go to a, you have to go to the middle of nowhere to watch them play. Um, they're just dull, uninteresting, <laughs> and they add nothing to the league. And then they go down, they get excited in the championship. They come back up, and I'm tired of it, Robbie. I'm tired of it, and I just want rid of them. So whatever you grade you give these guys, it has to be below an F, as far as I'm concerned. Fine, I can give them a U. Uh, I mean, you know what I thought about them last time they're in the league. Um, I'm even more against them than I was last time. I mean, Dean Smith, what were you thinking? What were? You Why thinking? did he take that? You can't God. turn these guys around. You you just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they might try a different anything. 
when they come up to the Prem, but they just don't. They just you know what they are doing. this time. This is Norwich of this is Norwich of two years ago, just without the month where Pookie actually looked like a real Premier League player. And Canwell doesn't exist. And without Buendia and Tiny. It's yeah. just look, Good. you wanna you, you wanna cut them some slack, but I'm I'm sick of them. No, I'm not they they've scored eight league goals. Eight. Pookie's got five, I think, somehow. Poor bloke. Fucking hell. What is the point? Right, just can we move on from that? Sack off the rest of the just sack off the rest of their game to give the other teams three points. Agreed. Up next is Southampton, who we had seventeenth preseason. They're actually in fourteenth. Um people want to talk about Southampton because obviously they're another one of these lost their best player and have had to refigure. Um, what did everyone think? About. James Ward Prowse is still there. Yeah. Um Okay. <laughs> I think I think with Southampton, to be honest, they're, they're looking okay. Uh, I mean, obviously we were worried about them putting them in 17th. They've certainly been better than that. I mean, points-wise at the moment, even though they're only 14th, they're actually uh, 10 points above safety, which, to be honest, is, isn't bad. I know Burnley have a couple of games in hand, but... Let me just with Burnley, that doesn't mean that they're really going to get anything from them anymore. Um, I think with Southampton, there's certainly some positives to look at. Um, I know he's on loan, but Bro Broja or Broher from from Chelsea, he's looked absolutely right. great. Um, Livramento's been a fantastic signing. I know you're probably not too happy about that one, Will, but he's been great for them. Oh, what we can do for him now, hey? <laughs> you need some fullbacks? Good lord. Activate the buy black in January, please. Let's I hope you inserted one. Uh, I hope you did. You, no, you... We, did, we did we did. We did. We oh did. good. Um I think I think to be honest, Adam Armstrong has been a little disappointing, uh, which is maybe their their main concern. Obviously you're signing a guy to score goals for a place at Ings who for them was a great goal scorer. It's not really happened, but they're still getting the results. Um, I don't know. They're just very meh, aren't they? They're doing a bit better than than what we predicted at the start of the season, but they're not exactly blowing us away. Whether being good or blowing us away, and holy crap, they've turned into Norwich. So I'm I'm happy to give them a C. They're just doing okay. Pretty pretty bog standard, to be honest. I feel. Yeah, I think over the first half of the season, OK is about as, as well described as you can go. Um, the Hasselhootl thing's quite kind of a strange one. I never really know whether he's actually good or whether he's terrible or where he fits in, to be honest. In the he, is, he is good. Yeah. But I, he's I'm also not... lost 9-0 twice. Yeah, that's he, my he... It's weird, isn't it? He really confuses me. Um, but yeah, so I happen to appear to have started to turn the turn the corner a little bit more recently they they were without well they were a man down against Spurs um for about 50 minutes last time out got a point there which is which they were excellent actually um and the game before beat West Ham I think <coughs> uh yeah beat West Ham away so yeah I think they're starting to turn a corner but as far as the first half of the season goes it's been fine they've been okay I would give him a B. I know you two have given him a C, but I'll make the Southampton's fans day by shouting them out. Have you seen their squad? Yeah, it's not a good squad. It's crap, mate. Like, 
it's not good at all. And I know we slated Yannick Vestergaard earlier, but he was a big player for them. And to just to lose him and Ings in a window, that is really tough. Like we've seen teams not bounce back from losing their best striker who guaranteed them like 15 goals a season in the league, Danny Ings. That's a big loss. And particularly when you consider that it's been a, the games have been really short between them this season, the time between them, like, Hassan Hüttel's doing a really good job of managing the squad. I mean, I was reading the other day that he'd focused one game plan entirely around Broja and then the next week, the next game a few days later, he'd rotated and they'd had this other game plan completely set up a different way of playing. And it's interesting, but I was just going to point this They played in a Premier League game in the year of our Lord, Lampard, 2022, Shane Long. <laughs> They played Shane Long in an actual game of football. Like, this yeah. is a B. I mean, it could be an A. Like, <laughs> the fact you didn't get instantly relegated for playing That's Shane so Long. But no, this is the point, like, they're 10 points clear of Burnley. I was right, Dave, aren't I? 10 points clear of Burnley. And I know, yeah, yeah, Burnley, yeah, Burnley have got the game in ads. Good luck. Good luck. I'd rather have, I'd rather have the points, thanks. Yeah. But anyway... You heartless Southampton hating people gave them a, a C. It's well known Dave doesn't like the South Coast. He does not, no. Well, wait until Portsmouth come up, it'll change. We're still doing this podcast in 100 years' time. It's going to be longer. Wow, oh, you know. Like uh, Spurs, I'm going to put myself on oh, mute. Fucking hell, I hate Spurs. Uh, yeah, they've been much better, haven't they, since Conte came in? We had them seventh, they're sixth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Fair enough. Well done, Spurs. Starting to turn a corner, I think, as well. Um, obviously, if this had been a couple of months earlier. As Will was saying, it really is a case of two teams. Uh, they were awful under Nuno. Yeah. <laughs> really, really awful. Uh, and they've been a lot better under Conte. Picking up points at a much better rate. And yeah, I think it... it they have a decent chance of getting them into the top four, I think. I, I haven't been overly impressed with most of their performances, to be honest, under Conte, but they are finding ways to win, which isn't something you can always say about a Spurs side. So, no. In that sense, I guess it's a positive, and his stamp will continue, I'm sure, with a few January signings. So, yeah. Yeah. Fernando, you're in. They've done all right. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I think you've covered it, Mike. They currently look like they're doing okay. I mean, they're two points off four for two games in hand. Um, yeah, they're doing okay, but it's Spurs. And I would rather have watched, you know, for a full season, take them to like 12. That would be much more fun. Um, so, yeah, I have to give them a C, I guess. Uh, th- yeah, just to mention that, they did have the incumbent manager of the month and managed to sack in the next month. Um yeah, sure, they're doing all right now, but it's Spurs' it's institutional failure all up and down the board. And, um, Mike, uh, I can see that you and Dave have given them a, uh, a C, and um, obviously we'd like to respect the sanctity of the podcast and give them a C, but it's actually a U. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, joking about yeah. You guys get to give them a C. All right, up next is what... <laughs> 
<laughs> Watford, who we had finished in 19th, they're actually in 17th. I'm going to get something out of the way first. Watford are apparently refusing to release Ismail Assar and Emmanuel yes. Dennis to the African Cup of Nations. I've got two things here. One, it doesn't matter if the African Cup of Nations is taking place in January and it's really unhelpful for your team. The fact that you don't respect the competition enough is a joke. And if it was yeah. the Euros, is, is you that would racist? respect Yes, it is racist. You yeah. would respect them enough. And if they're thinking to themselves, we'll take the FIFA fine versus the amount of being relegated, the amount of being relegated, you are denying two of your players a chance to play for their nation in a, in a competition that the continent, the entire continent of Africa probably watches. That is gross. And it's gross mismanagement. It is disgusting. And if I had my way, relegate Watford right now. Yeah, well... Don't worry, Will, because they're going to do it themselves, Dennis or Dennis and Saar, with or without them. Um, but yeah, that is appalling. I, I actually didn't know that they were blocking it. Um, I'd, I'd heard about Saar, but I hadn't seen anything no, well, confirmed, and I didn't know about Dennis. Well, so. the, well it's, nothing's confirmed yet, but the article I read was that they were going to block both. So I should have preferred that, that with allegedly, yeah, obviously, allegedly, bad. but disgusting. That is, a, that is appalling. Yeah, in that case... Send them to League One. Just miss out the championship. They don't need to go. Afraid that's too high for Craig Cathcart, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Ranieri at this stage of his career. On the on the football pitch, at least, um, been exciting going forward at times. Watford. Yeah, that, it's yeah, a weird one now. to be honest. I mean, King. Uh, King Dennis and Saar, when Saar's been fit, have, have looked pretty good. I mean, Dennis has got five or six goals. I think King's got five. Saar's got four or five. <laughs> Sorry, we three. Sorry, King, I thought you were calling him King Dennis. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I got lost in out of we three kings of Dennis and Saar. No, 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 no. Um, so they've definitely been good going forward. However, at the back, uh, they've not kept a clean sheet yet, I believe. I believe they still haven't kept a single one. I mean, it's not hard to think. They've got the GoPro in the goal. So. Yeah, Ben Foster's more worried about the GoPro and Daniel Backman, to be honest. Uh, I'm not even sure he's a championship-level keeper, so it's enough of why he, he uses seeing goals. Um, they have kept a single clean sheet. I don't think so. I'm they played, but they've played Norwich. That's a good point, Will. <laughs> That's a very really good point. Yeah, as far as it's looking, they they still haven't kept a single clean sheet. Uh, let me check. I can't see one. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't kept a single one. Not one. Oh, they have. Oh, oh no, have it was they? in the EFL Cup. It was in the EFL oh, Cup. No, they haven't. As you say, as far as I'm aware, in the league, for the purposes they of this podcast, one. it does not count. They have not kept. They lost. They, they lost three-one. Away to Norwich. All right. All right, lads. You've given them a D. I think we need to downgrade that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, they're just a nothing team as well, aren't they? Like, that is shocking. They just have such wonderful players. beat Norwich players. What do you mean? How have you come out of this with different results? What? What's correct? They beat Norwich 3-1. 
He's 100% correct. I was reading the XG graph. Right. Oh, well, bloody. wait. You I was worried. Three XG in a Premier League game? No, 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 no. no. Interestingly, in that game, no, no, who no, were no. the goal scorers? Saar times two and Dennis times one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, just piss off, Watford. You're going down. Start yelling, Timber. <laughs> no, I mean, they're just one of these... Cl- they're they're in, alongside Norwich are in the running for just get them out of the league I don't want to see him anymore um, on the other hand uh, on a more positive note actually uh, West Ham we had ninth pre-season mainly because we thought they were last season while good could they sustain that run of form into the new new season lots of other good teams that have strengthened but they're sitting there they're sitting pretty in fifth I mean Declan Rice continues to be one of the best players in the Premier League and Jared Bowen is exactly who I expect Liverpool to buy when they need to replace one of Salah and Martin, yeah. and I expect it to go up another level yeah he's good isn't he um, I'm assuming he's going to be in some England squads going forward as well oh, yeah. be. Ben White too while I'm at there we go Southgate I hope you're listening um, it's been another cracking season for West Ham under Moyes they've been They've been excellent pretty all year, pretty much all year. They had a bit of a blip over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, luckily, they got to play Watford after that, so <laughs> so you know what happens there. Um, but yeah, they've got they've got some cracking players. We like Moyes. Um, no, we don't. Oh, behave. Yes, we do. Oh no, we don't. Oh no, we don't. You're right. We don't like him. We appreciate Moyes' achievement. Oh, damn it, Moyes. But Moyes has let us down lately. That is so no, he has definitely let us down. Not only for being anti, not only for throwing out some bail for the anti-vaxxers, but also for doing it in perhaps the most old man shouting at a cloud way I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm done on West Ham now. That's really ruined it for me. I forgot about that. Yeah, it is worth pointing it's out. It's still an A though, so well done yeah. West Ham. They shouldn't be fit. Unbelievable. They should not be fifth. I mean, the fact that there are teams below them that have spent hundreds of millions of pounds, uh, negligence. Well, yeah, you look at the teams that are sandwiched in between. You've got City, Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal above them, and then Spurs, Man U and Brighton below them. I'm missing out Wolves because we're doing them next. But, but yeah, another fantastic half-season. Um, yeah, they've like, been great. squad from boys rice is fantastic fabianski's a great follow on twitter there's just great things going on there also worth noting that old bonner who who was looking pretty good is out for a long time and i think zoom is injured now is he and they're still still doing fairly well without their two main center backs i've got the boy craig dawson in there I don't care. Ogbonna could put together 50 absolute Virgil van Dijk-esque masterclasses in a row and I'm still not going to rate him. I'm still going to think he's rash. He, he cost me too many games when he used to play Juventus on FIFA. Let me tell you. Um, let's talk about the most boring team in the league. We had them 15th. They're actually 8th. So, um, kind of has to be an A, but someone give nice. me something exciting about Wolves. Um... Well, Dharma Traore looked dangerously close to making the right decision earlier, but still didn't. So that's that's about exciting as I have to report on Wolves. Uh, their goalkeeper's good. They've yeah, got, Jose Sarr's really good. They've got a, an exact even goal difference, which is great. I love that. 
Um, Max Kilman's <laughs> Max Kilman's thing for the Galaxy. That's a oh no! Sorry, I've got to take a second to enjoy <laughs> enjoy that the best thing Mike's found about wolves is they've got Stephen Colvin. Oh, here's one for you. Lads, 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 I've got one. I've got one. A serious. The highest points per goal in the uh, in the league at two points for every goal. That is efficiency. That is German efficiency we've got a, we've, from a Portuguese team. We've got a Google Doc, and Mike's got a Google Excel spreadsheet or something over there. So, well, the, stat, the stat actually came up on uh, on Sky's coverage earlier, but their uh, their points per goal has improved since then because obviously they beat Man United with a, by one goal to nothing. So there you go. Um, another thing with Wolves that that's great uh, is that they've had every single <laughs> member of staff and every single player jabbed all three at the earliest opportunity. So do you know what? Wow! Star. Wow! They've had that the whole time. They've had them the whole time, like from the start when they first came available. They all of them, every single player is triple vaccinated, and every single member of staff. They're, they've made everyone get vaccinated, so... We fact-check that. Yeah. <laughs> they are a shining example. That is fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, they have 100% wow. of the team coaching staff. And they, a plus, everyone. 20th of December, uh, they for the first team had their booster jabs, and then they had it scheduled for the, the rest of the staff and people as well. Excellent. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Put them so, at the top of the league. That is sensational. Yeah, A plus I think. At least A plus star. A plus A star, whatever you want. Um, we've still got some time, Dave. Have you got a stat of the week you want to do? Oh, well, I mean, the podcast. Wolves with the vaccines, well, it's good enough for me to be honest. Um, I haven't looked at one. Uh, let me see. Don't, well, I, I haven't. Haven't really saved one. So I've got, I've got a wazzle of the week, Dave. Don't worry, it's Anthony Taylor. Actually, I do have I do have a, a stat. Oh no, I've got a different wazzock of the week, but go on. Okay, so thing in twenty twenty two, Mike doesn't have to do the intro, so I'll just go ahead. Um so Mo Salah's obviously having the best season that he's had. He's been scoring a goal every hundred and thirteen minutes. Sergio Aguero across his entire Premier League career, hundred and eight minutes. Shows you just how good Aguero was. Be honest. Cool. Dallas is a better player than Aguero ever was. Yeah, but it's just a good snap, don't you think? Yeah, who cares? How many people for player time. of the years have Aguero got? Yeah. Hello, 12. No, zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Razzik of the week is the BT Sport coverage of Manchester City versus Arsenal, in which the commentary team was Fletch. Keown and McManaman and oh, it was probably my only my only hope for it is that McManaman comes out of having to listen to Keown's biased drivel and thinks to himself god is that what I sound like on Liverpool games <laughs> I mean Fletch yes, is, also my favourite thing about Fletch is he offers zero insight and he just sits there to prod and go I want to talk to I want to talk to Peter but Peter but Peter and he does that about four times a game and then for it was not a well ref game but rather than talking about how it wasn't a well-refed game and talking about how VAR had a major pact on it, maybe 
maybe, just maybe, here's an idea. We focus on the fact that it was actually quite a good game of football in which Arsenal showed real growth and perhaps we saw how City could be got at. Or we could spend 20 minutes before, after and during the game talking about the implementation of VAR throughout the season and how it's a disgrace when the real disgrace is that BT Sport want me to uh, poke out my eyes with a pitchfork. So there you are. And me ears too while I'm at it. Yeah, BT Sports coverage stinks. Fuck off, lads. And yeah, Jake Humphrey's league back to fucking Sky. Jake Humphrey. Jake Humphrey's. Mike, I'll give you this one for you, by the way. Amazon. Oh, yeah, give it to Amazon. Amazon. Ali McCoy's one there. Well, Amazon had a, the Chelsea Brighton one. Elia Luko and Gus Poyet. Terrible. No insight. I was thinking, Jesus, this is rough. And then the game started, Mike. The coverage kicked up. There wasn't Ali. Oh. It was, but it was Andy. Andy Oh, Tarrant. yes. And he said it within two minutes. <laughs> within two minutes, he was talking about how they needed to get people in and around Robert Lukaku. And I cheered. What a champion. A John champion, if you will. That is Absolutely. unbelievable. Anyway. Um, great. That'll do. It's a long one, but um, thanks for joining us. Um, Dave, if the people want to keep in touch with you to find out why you don't like the South Coast, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Visit Cornwall on Twitter. <laughs> Visit Cornwall on Twitter. Um, if you people want to follow you, Mike, where can they follow you? Uh, at J7 on Twitter. At J7 on Twitter. No underscore in there, incredible. And if you want to follow me, you can do so at NHS. Um, but please don't, please don't. <laughs> at around pod, at, on all the socials, including Reddit where you can find Dave's innermost thoughts about Eddie Howe, including some quite frankly disturbing drawings. Um, if you want to, if you want to email us to ask any questions, you can do so at in and around pod at gmail.com. Unless the question is, should I take the vaccine? In which case the answer is yes. Have a good one. Mate like wolves. Um, and until next time, what, uh, what do you want to say? Sayonara. Sayonara. Huh? Takeshi's castle. Good stuff. Yeah.